It is Chad Dukes versus the world on 106.7 The Fan and very excited and honored to be joined by one of my favorite guys in the athletic business, the exalted one, Mr. Brody Lee joins me. He has got a monster match at Double or Nothing this Saturday on pay-per-view for the AEW championship title against Mr. John Moxley. Brody, great to have you back on the program, buddy. How are you? Wonderful to be back, and it is uh, your pleasure to have me. <laughs> As always, we play. Um, we have an ID. We'll probably play it coming into this interview where you trash me for 35 seconds and then say this is Chad Dukes versus the world. It's yeah. still one of my favorite IDs that we play on the show. It doesn't sound anything like me. <laughs> I think that's what we were at the Verizon Center. You were kind enough to lay that down for us. Um, well, first of all, congrats, my friend. Um, I know a little bit about what you went through to get to where you are now with AEW, and I know it was a long, arduous process, but it really looks like, you know, from what I'm seeing on TV and the stuff I'm seeing on the Internet, it really looks like you're enjoying where you're at right now with that company. Yeah, man, I'm having a blast. This is, I mean, this is all I ever really wanted. I wanted to be a professional wrestler. I wanted to be able to um, perform my craft in front of people, in front of an audience, in front of a TV audience. At this point, not a live audience yet. But yeah, this is all I ever wanted. And and like, like you said, it was a long, arduous process. But I think that helps make it more worthwhile in the end. I guess. Sure. I. I don't want to, I'm not throwing dirt on anybody else, but I got to say, one of the things I've been most impressed by you and then the roster and the promotion you're with is that the empty arena shows, you don't feel like you're missing anything. And I've watched other sports and other television where they don't have fans and it's like, oh, it's almost awkward at times to go through that process. Um, I'd love to know what that feels like as a performer doing what you're doing and then why you think the company has been able to kind of maintain that positive energy throughout what has been a, a very tumultuous time. Yeah, I think um, having uh, our peers in the crowd makes a gigantic difference. Yeah. Um, silence is deafening. And I did my debut was in front of uh, the peers. And then the second week we had nobody in the crowd and I wrestled QT Marshall and it was honestly very awkward for me and very different and I was not comfortable. Um, so even a little bit of noise and you would think like going through WWE developmental, I should be used to these things, but it's been so long and I, I don't, I didn't know what I was getting into honestly. And so uh, it, it, it sucked. Um, so having people out there just making any semblance of noise is a huge factor for me and just a very cool thing. And like we're performing for the television audience, we're performing for the internet audience, but uh, the respect of my peers has always been a, a huge part of my career. Um, and so it's cool to now be in front of just them in a way. Yeah, it is an interesting thing where you're being judged upon, not by, you know, the throngs of masses. Uh, but I, I'm guessing the reaction from people that have been in the business for years and years and decades is going to be different than somebody that just, you know, paid 25 bucks to come sit down with a ticket. Right. It, it is. It probably is a bit more difficult. They might be a bit more jaded towards things, maybe a little bit more judgmental. Uh, I know I will be. Uh, so uh, I might not be a very good audience member at this point. It is at this Brody Lee on Twitter and at Brody Lee on Instagram. And of course, shop AEW finally got a T-shirt. So excited for that. Uh, merch first ain't nothing. Um, first, first single T-shirt in a professional wrestling company. I mean, that's that's big. I, you know, I ordered the Bludgeon Brothers shirt. Anytime you you had anything out there to buy, I did purchase it, though, even if it wasn't yeah. a singles run for you. That's the thing. I mean, I had 
Wyatt family shirts. I had Bludgeon Brothers shirts, but even during my when I got hot as a singles, um, there was a rumor that there was a meeting, and, and they said we don't we don't even know what to put on a shirt. And in my head, I was like, just put. I, I almost swore there, but I just just put my freaking name on a shirt and put it out. That's all. That would have so, done it. Yeah. Trick. It's funny because I've I've been lucky enough to interview a couple times, and so I speak to you when you're not you know performing. And I, I, again, I don't like slinging dirt on people. It's different situations. I, I don't walk you in anyone's shoes. You said that now twice. I, it is, but okay. I like the I like the WWE. You know that. Um, but so knowing you, right, and, and I think that's a big misnomer that I've has almost been cast upon me. So sure. if you read about me, people always say like, "Oh, he complained on his way out. He buried WWE on his way out." And if you go back and you look at my, any of my social media, you you couldn't find an ounce of me burying WWE or putting a negative word out. I, and even look at the, when I asked for my release, the statement is one of the most positive things I could have said, and I meant every word of it. I, WWE gave me a whole new life that I could, I'm very thankful for, and I don't hold anything against them. Sure, They made business decisions, and I also made business decisions. So... I think it's a huge misnomer on the internet that people think I trash them and I, I bad talk them. So yeah, I think I'm in the same boat as you, but, but like also we're both very honest and we get it. So I, I just, I listened to the entirety of the Jericho uh, interview you did, which was scintillating and I, you could just hear frustration. I mean, you could hear you kind of put yourself back in that spot and talking about just how long and, and dragged out that process was. It just sounded yeah. like that there was some, you know, bad feelings there, which maybe you needed to like cathartically dispel you know, you know, yeah. a few years down the road where the wound I mean, wasn't so fresh. Don't get me wrong. There was there was lots of frustration. Like and it, it probably boiled over at points and boiled over to people even when I worked there. I probably was not a model employee at times, and, and a lot of that's on me. But I was also, every time I was handed the ball or every time a pitch came down, I knocked I knocked it out of the park. Every opportunity I had, I knocked it out of the park. So to then not be given the next opportunity became frustrating. And And then when you're taken off the playing field and you're sat on the bench, and then it becomes a thing of, so when I'm 70 and I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I, I'm, I've raised my children now, did I set the right example by just setting back and not doing what I wanted to do and not living my dreams and not trying to fulfill my creativity to a point that I'll be happy? And so it became a lot of that after a while. Well, I got I to gotta say, the one thing that stuck out, you when you were supposed to be collecting trophies, like nailing pelts to the wall of people that you'd taken down, I loved that idea. I was better. Yeah. That never came to fruition. Yeah, that was, I mean, I don't know if you ever met Nick, the writer from um, WWE, but we, we are huge serial killer and true crime fans. <laughs> and it was just, I thought, a tailor-made idea for professional wrestling. And who knows, maybe I'll get to perform that here at some point in the future. Well, the Exalted one is awesome. And I, I know you've talked about this, but I'd love to, when did the genesis of that character, how long in development was it? Uh, I mean, sitting on that thing for as long as you did must have been excruciating. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was, but then being able to finally let it out and perform like vignettes. Like, so I'm a huge mafia movie fan and like to actually be able to, almost act in a way that I'm a fan of. It, it was a very cool experience. So, yeah, but at the same time, like I said, like the frustration and the, as things built up, then the payoff becomes even better in the end. 
Brody Lee joins me from AEW Wrestling. He faces off for the title at Double or Nothing this Saturday on pay-per-view. You can go to at this Brody Lee on Twitter and at Brody Lee on Instagram. Um, you're a big Redskins fan. You went viral, for lack of a better word, for that picture, <laughs> that now infamous picture. Um, you got to be steamed. Look, it's been a rough couple of years. You get to three wins. It, that's a bit, That's a deep hole to climb out of I'd love to know what you think of Ron Rivera, Chase Young, everything that's happened during the draft. Do you like the direction the team is heading in? I I love the direction. I'm just afraid, as usual, and I've said this before, and I don't know what your affiliation with the station and Daniel Snyder is. Say whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that there's always a point where he puts his hands on something and it, it, it doesn't help. So if Rivera comes in and has complete control and has his people in there, then I think we're going to be okay. I think Chase Young was probably one of the best picks you could have. I mean, it was the only pick you could have made in that situation for them. And I think he's a sick athlete. I'm pumped to see him go to work. Um, I believe in Haskins. I believe in the receiving core. But the defense needed a little come up. And I think Chase Young fills that role. If it's going to be enough for this year. I don't know, hmm. but I think it's a good starting point. And I think Ron Rivera was a great uh, fit for them. But you again, meant... to what point does, do they leave him alone and let him to his own devices? Right. You, you mentioned, you believe in Haskins. I'm curious, you know what this off season has been like with COVID it's, it's year one going into year two. This right. is now his third head coach as a Redskins quarterback. Right, right. I'm just, you know, I, I think he's a talented kid. I'm rooting for him to have success as well, but how monumental is this task going to be considering all this stuff that he can't control right now? Yeah, exactly. And I don't know how much that controls your offseason work, how much that controls beatings with the coaches. And like you said, now it's three in three years. So now it's your third reset. He, he's just a kid. And he's still learning the speed of the game and, and the reads and all that. And that's, that's what's different when you step up a level from college. And that's what every athlete ever says. When you go from the college level to the pro level, it's the speed of the game. And I think only reps can help you with that. And I don't know if in this time they're taking those away from him or if they're going to get him back in there soon. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, that's a great question. I, but I do believe in him. I think he had a great last three to four games last year. And I think only Ron Rivera can help him. What did you think of the year that uh, Scary Terry had last year? Woo. I mean, that was so refreshing to see the Redskins Woo. only draft a wide receiver and have him play that well. He is a burner. And I, he's fun to watch. Um, I don't think he's afraid of anything, which is, is very, very cool. And uh, I think him and Haskins have a great connection. And I think they just need to build on that. And, again, I don't know how much of this offseason takes away from that, and I don't know how much of the scheme next year. But I think Terry has something that's very special, and the speed is just unreal to watch. It's amazing. To, now, here's what I'll say. Um I saw that they did a virtual draft party, and I like John Barenthal. I like Matthew McConaughey. I like the guys they brought in. But you're just as famous as any other Redskins fan they're going to trot out there. I mean, is it not time, especially if, you know, if we're capturing a title this weekend, when, it, when I got the odds on favor that you're doing that, is it time for this team to kind of reach out to you and make you one of these official celebrity spokespeople for it? Here, yeah, here's the thing, though. I don't know how much how happy that would make my current employer. And if I have to switch my allegiances over now to the Jacksonville Jaguars to make everyone happy, I don't know how this situation works anymore. It's going to, it's in flux right now. 
I'm look, I'm just looking to make everybody happy. You know, that's how I operate. Right. Yeah, that's how you've always operated. <laughs> trying to make everybody happy. Hey, put, talk. I, hey, I'm here to put smiles on faces. Talk, you know, that's that's what my former employer would say. Talk to me about the, your current employer and Tony Khan. I, I had Cody on a couple of times. He's got rave reviews to say about the guy. It seems like he really gets the business and is kind of into this whole thing. I'm curious, what level of involvement does he have on the day to day for AEW? Yeah, man, it, it's incredible, incredibly refreshing to sit down and talk with with Tony, to sit down and discuss ideas with him, to collaborate with him on certain things. And the best part about it is he listens, and he doesn't. It's not just like, hey, do this. It's like, hey, what do you think of this? And if you don't like it, what would you like to do? And it's very, very cool. He's super hands on. He um, he keeps times on the show every every week, so he's literally involved deeply. Um, he handles everything. He's unbelievable, and he's been an unbelievable boss to me, and I'm very thankful for him. That's awesome. Um, Got to watch Double or Nothing. We're having the viewing party six feet apart here at the uh, Duke's Abode this Saturday. AEW Championship on the line. Brody Lee, John Moxley. Make sure you're checking that out. And I got to say, man, it's got to be weird to be here with all the history you have with CZW and every other place with Moxley to find you guys at the top of a promotion on cable television every single week. That's got to be pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And before I, uh, I'm in Jacksonville now waiting for the match. But when I, before I left the house, my wife looked me dead in the eye and she said, just so you know, you and John Moxley scare me. <laughs> and I, I think uh, I understand where she's coming from. And um, it's, it's a big stage now. It's a main event of a pay-per-view. Um, I've never been in this position and I, yeah, something memorable is going to happen. I, I, it has to, because that's the thing. Like, now, again, I have no one left to blame. This is what I wanted. This is what I asked for, and now I have to prove it. You two guys lock and horn. Something memorable has to happen. I, I, I believe yeah. you phrased that the right way, my friend. Always tremendous catching up with you. Always great talking shop and Redskins with you. Uh, really happy for your success, Brody. Thank you so much for the time today. Thank you, my friend. And hey, don't be don't be afraid to return a text once in a while, too. Oh, stop it! If I look at my phone right, you know how many needy <laughs> fanboy Mark texts I've sent one way to you. You know how that goes. <laughs> uh, I appreciate it, my friend. It's a bad look for me. At this Brody Lee on Twitter, give him a follow. At Brody Lee on Instagram, you're listening to Chad Dukes versus the World.